The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empower Radio presents The Miracle of Healing with Lisa Campion. Meet healers, learn different modalities, and hear empowering stories of people on their healing journey. The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Lisa Campion. Hello, I'm Lisa Campion, and this is The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio, where we come together every week to discuss all kinds of healing, and that's something that we all need a lot these days, maybe now more than ever. If you're new on my show, I want to just give you a big, squishy, happy welcome. And if you've been journeying with us for a while, we're so glad to have you back. So our topic today is, is it possible to serve humanity without sacrificing yourself along the way? I know that we can. And the best of all, we can do this in a way that creates wealth and abundance, not only in our bank accounts, but also inside of ourselves. And I'm super happy to bring you... Uh, Jason Hairston today as we talk about his secrets to creating internal and external wealth in ways that also are are um, of service. So he, we're going to talk about how to be a sovereign servant and what does that mean. So welcome so much to the show, Jason. Thanks for having me, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks. So um, let's talk a little bit about this. I love the, that you picked this title this the sovereign servant mm-hmm. what does that mean like it sort of seems like two oxymorons like it's like how do those things go together in a way that makes any sense well you know um when we talk about in most cases when we talk about doing spiritual work or you know i've been a spiritual teacher for over a decade mm. you know and one of the common themes when it comes to teaching in that realm it's almost as if we are indoctrinated to believe we need to be martyrs and sacrifice ourselves, like you said earlier, right? And yep. it's about, you know, being of service, being poor. It's not about material things at all. It's just about, you know, giving, 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 giving. When in reality, you know, if you don't have enough for yourself to give, you're actually punishing yourself by overgiving, by not taking the time to get the things that you need to be comfortable. Yeah. You know? Um, so along my journey for 10 years of being a spiritual teacher and energy healer, you know, I felt that I need to make this my main thing that I do for my livelihood, right? My coaching, my energy healing sessions. And along those 10 years, I noticed that just offering that I was just making it like I could never get to a point where I was living in abundance. And, you know, in America, we're trained that, you know, when you do what you love to do, you should be able to live off of that in your livelihood. And I'm not against that at all, because you still could. But what I noticed was, in particular, about what I for what I was offering, not enough people really wanted to invest in it. Because when you come work with me, you really have to face your pain and your shadow. So those things don't sell very well in a package <laughs> when people have to face their shadow and pain, right? Right. It's, we 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 invest more in pleasure 
and we're doing pain, right? So it finally hit me that, okay, I want to be of service to people, but I have to shift my position. I can no longer depend on my spiritual work as my livelihood because it's not a great sale. <laughs> so I took a break and I fell back. And part of the catalyst of this change was the birthing of my son. You know, so when my son was born, it activated the king in me. Because before that, for an entire decade, I was operating just from the monk, hmm. which is basically like whatever I need, I would get just enough. Like I lived right. that life of things just coming in. <clears throat> when you have a son, that's not enough when you have children to just have enough. Right. You have to have circumstances where your child um, can flourish and be comfortable and things like nature. So a shift in me happened to where I had to fall back, repivot. And then I started focusing on investing, right, to build wealth. So I can get to a point to where I can still offer my services as a teacher, as a healer. But there's no pressure to offer those services. I could just offer them for whoever wants to come and receive them, but I'm making money in other ways with my investing. So it took away a tremendous amount of pressure and it made me breathe a lot easier because it was, it was so conflicting for me to use this as my livelihood and have to market and promote and try to get clients. I mean, that's a tough space to be in, you know, so yeah, I, I know, know. <laughs> right. So I, I never want to be in that space again. I feel more relaxed than ever as a teacher, as an energy healer. And I even teach people how to invest as well. So I came full circle, right? I was fully into the monk for an entire decade, which was important because within those 10 years, I learned a lot about building my internal wealth, right? Yep. Sun was the catalyst that activated the king for me to start building my external wealth. So now we can come full circle and have both the inner wealth and the outer wealth. And I'm glad that I went in that order because if I would have got the wealth, the physical wealth before the inner wealth, I would create chaos because mm. I wouldn't have the proper wisdom to ground my external wealth. So I understand why it happened in that order. Mm. And I'm thankful that it did. You know, That's because cool. If I wouldn't have developed a healthy ego like I have now, I would destroy myself with my wealth. So many people do, right? Exactly. Yeah, and like I love that that you use those archetypes, the monk and the and the uh, and the king. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> it's so interesting to me because the monk, like you were saying, brings discipline, right, mm -hmm. and personal ma mastery. I know that's something that you talk about a lot in your work. Um, how do we master the lower forces of ourselves? And that, um, and at the same time, you know, monks traditionally um, swear vows of poverty, chastity, obedience. You yeah, know, yeah. like I do. Like I'm a psychic, so I've been. I work. I've been working as a psychic forever and an energy healer, like you. <laughs> and I, I work with past lives with people, and I often have to clear monk and nun karma past lives because if you've had that in your past you swear an oath at the level of your soul to poverty right and that that has to be undone you know and um and yet like i love what you said about having that self-mastery because so many people do if you get the money first or the abundance first 
have no discipline and it can go badly. Right. Because when I was young, you know, I worked in the music industry, the film industry a little bit. So I was real close to making a lot of money a couple of different times, but I wasn't ready. I'm glad that I didn't because my ego, I would have, I would have created some chaotic circumstances. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you would have had a lot of fun, but it, I'm not sure. Would it, might it not have been good for you in the long you run? No, right? you know, because when I think about who I was at that time, like I wasn't balanced enough inside of myself. I mean, I wasn't completely chaotic, but my ego was too inflamed. And the money would have um, increased the inflammation of my ego at that time. Right. You know, so... Um, and I'm not, and that's another thing. I'm not anti-ego either. You know, a lot of people say they want to kill the ego, but the ego is your physical vantage point from this perspective in your life. And it's okay to stand up for yourself and acknowledge who you are and stand in your power. And I feel like in the spiritual realm, a lot of people are against that as well. It's almost as if if you say who you are and pronounce it to the world, they feel like you're too proud. All right. Do you know? So yeah, I do, yeah. It'll be different, you know, if you're talking down to people and disrespecting people from that place. Before you acknowledging your power is a is a is a powerful thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your words are spells, and you're speaking and confirming who you are and, and and saying who you are. Right. I mean, I think as humans, we have that ego self. We need it. It's like right. part of our human experience. And like when you're when we're not here on the planet anymore, we can get rid of the ego. We don't. Right. really need it but we i think that we come here to experience sort of individuality mm-hmm. and our personal mission you know and those things like i always say like your ego is the, is the part of you that goes into the into the grocery store and buys a gallon of milk because we wouldn't if we were only spirit we wouldn't have the ability to live in the human life exactly. and, and yeah. i feel like you know a lot of times when we're dealing with the quote-unquote spiritual realm a lot of people want to demonize the human part of this experience Mm-hmm. Which is um, you're you're creating a um, you're you're defeating yourself in a sense when you when you deny any part of yourself and if on the opposite end if you denied your spiritual self and you were just all physical like you would be um, not living to your full potential. Yeah, I mean we see people on both sides of that spectrum all the time, right. and they're both prop they're both problematic, you know, right. like that people who don't. Um, see the spiritual side create a lot of havoc, you know, and live too much in the, in the, like, getting their needs met without thinking about the future, kind of like, gimme, right. gimme, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yet here we are as, as needed, and I see this because mostly my work is with the spiritual crowd. Why, why do you think it is that we're so, um, why it's so difficult for us to own money to, want money to own our desire for abundance. What do you think that's all about? I think that it comes with traditional um, teachings connected to spirituality that are ungrounded. Mm. Um, So when you look, like for instance, when you look, a lot of people point to the East for, um, you know, the inspiration for spiritual practices and teaching because in the East, um, it's very about the monk energy, right? The spiritual right. energy and the non-physical. So what happens is over time, when these certain teachers have become popular and had a lot of followers, it turns into a religion. And then people tend to 
copy this way of thinking without even realizing that even though some of those those teachers teach wisdom, they're actually part of them that they're projecting as actually traumatized. But when you put someone on a pedestal, you're not able, you're biased, so you're not able to see that there's some parts of them that's actually off-centered or imbalanced. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but there, there are certain teachers, spiritual teachers that a lot of people know, look up to that I know of right. that I can clearly see there's some trauma in the way they're presenting themselves. But yep. if I were to even point it out, I would be attacked because what happens is when people are looking for answers for their suffering and they find a teacher that they uh, feel connected to, it's almost as if they become so biased that they become blinded by this romanticized idea of what the teacher's purpose is as far as where the wisdom or how the wisdom is meant to influence you. Right. You So for me, I can be influenced by someone and pick out the parts that I know that are good for me and throw away the rest. And if the scale of what I see is more negative than positive, I threw it all away. But I still may pick pieces out of it for myself, but if the scale was too high on the negative, I toss all out. So I actually see a lot of spiritual teachers who actually hurt more people than they help people when they when they teach from the place of denouncing the humanness and only embracing the spiritual, because we still have to live on this planet within society. So for us to be able to be successful within our inner knowing, we have to know how to bring that out into the external and be able to operate within the realm of the physical aspect of being human. Yeah. So I teach both sides. And I'll admit when I was on my 10 year monk phase, I was more monk than king. I wasn't I wasn't, you know, and what's interesting is that whole time when I was in the monk, I'm talking about I'm calling my girlfriends my queen, my queen this and queen that. But in actuality, while I was in the monk phase, I was not even prepared for a queen because I wasn't in my king. Yeah. Do you think feel like there's like a connection between this money abundance and our sexual energy, like how we like if we're denying that I notice that pattern if we're denying our humanness we're denying our sensual life and our sexual life we also shutting down the money flow do you do you feel like that's a thing i mean i think that any energy that you're shutting down can be connected to your money flow right because we're an energetic system um and the energetic system deals with the flow of energetics so whether there's a shutdown in your sexual energy uh, and and I would say this because the sexual energy, as we know, is your creative energy. So creative energy is what brings wealth as well. So, of course, I feel like if that part of yourself shut down, you know, is directly connected to your money flow in some sense, I would have to agree with that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and that's another thing, too. You know, a lot of a lot of the humanness gets demonized within these spiritual practices. And I think that it confuses a lot of people. Um, I see a, I see from from my experience, I've seen a lot of people who have followed certain spiritual paths. And what they do is they'll take the teaching of something and they'll incorporate it in their life in a way that's not applicable. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, right. If you follow a teacher who doesn't have to work a regular job, who doesn't 
have to operate in that sense because they get a lot of donations and things of that nature. You can speak from a place of of more a place of leisure where you don't have to take as much action as the average person. So the average people that's looking up to this teacher may take some of the words that this teacher is saying and try to apply it in their real life, but it turns into escapism because you're not in a position to where you can't make money, right? So you're trying to take this way of life and you're trying to bring that into your life where it's not applicable. So we have to understand when it comes to wisdom, how we can properly apply it within our individual circumstance because everybody's circumstance is different. There are certain principles that across the line are true, but life is so complex that you also have to understand how to integrate the wisdom properly for you in your way, in the way that your life is set up. So something that may work for someone else may not work for you simply because of the way your life is set up. That's cool. I love that. I think that's totally true and that we, I don't know if it's like a worthiness issue if if we sort of project all that <clears throat> goodness on our spiritual teachers, you know, and we think we're not worthy of a life of abundance. Um, it's kind of like we can have it all, right? We can have a, a beautiful spiritual life and, an, and a rich physical life too. Do you think it, does, does it come down to worthiness, do you think? Or what is the kind of restraining force of the blocks? What I see is I see, yeah, I actually think that, um, if you haven't healed your worthiness issue, if you don't feel that you deserve wealth or to live comfortably, right? You look to someone else who's living comfortably to live vicariously through. Cause you feel like I can't have what this person has. So mm-hmm. all I could do is worship this person for being something that I can't be. That's basically subconsciously what all of these followers do. See, if you follow me and my teachings, there is no way I would let you kiss my foot or kiss my hand or or worship me because I want you to walk beside me. Right. Why? Because see, it's twofold. It's almost like the narcissist and the empath relationship to where if you're a teacher that wants to be worshiped, what happens? You attract the empaths that feel worthiness, that don't yep. feel worthy. That's right. So you feed off of their unworthiness and they feed off of your sense of power that they feel like they don't have. That's right. But both of them are powerless because if you need someone to worship you, you're not really in your power. And if you need someone else to be a symbol of power for you, you're powerless. So they cancel each other out, really. So it's like a trauma bond in a sense. So a lot Mm -hmm. of the teacher-student situations that I see in the spiritual realm are actually trauma bonds. Yeah, I totally get it. That makes total sense. I'm, and I'm so curious about the the way that you refer to the king. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means to you and how do we embody it? And can I embody it? Or do I need to be a queen? Like what, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm gonna have some interesting conversations about you know, gender energetics recently. And a lot of women think that when I speak about this, they think I'm promoting patriarchy, which is very interesting because, and here's why, and and in their defense, right? When we look in history, the history that we have access to, right? Because of course we both know there's a lot of history that that's not documented in books. A lot of it, I could fill it in here actually, but that's Mm. another conversation. So when we look 
at the history books that we have now, whenever in most cases we see the concept of a king, we see a dictator, we see a tyrant, we see a selfish, the embodiment of a selfish person, right? So because in our history books, we don't see the uh, reference point of a righteous king that leads, not dictates, that loves, not destroys, that teaches, not controls, We don't see that reference point. So we don't believe that it's possible as a human to have a king in that sense. So when I speak of king, I'm speaking of the righteous king, the king that teaches the wisdom that can be beneficial for the entire community. Mm. Now, in me announcing that, saying that, some people might say, how dare you? How How dare you be that arrogant to even take that position? Well, I help a lot of people in my life. I've been helping people for 10 years and- if I'm helping people, that must mean I have wisdom. So I'm qualified to lead. If you look at my life, you don't see utter chaos. Right. Why? Because the king is all about order. And I operate off of four different principles, love, honor, integrity, and respect. This, These are the principles I built everything upon, no matter what I'm doing. I'm not perfect, but I am righteous, which means if I do something out of order that causes chaos, I will go back and fix the issue and repivot because I understand that harmony and order is godlike, right? For things to be in harmony is for things to be godlike. And for things to be godlike, you have to have understanding of God's energetic laws. Not man's laws, God's energetic laws. So to answer your question about, you know, women being a queen. Yes. I see us as men, it's our responsibility to cultivate the monk and the king. And then it's responsibility for the women to cultivate the nun and the queen. Now here's the thing. You got different layers of the king and queen, right? Um, This is how I see it. So me, I'm out in the forefront teaching, right? As a righteous king. Um, So that's a scale. So, but Every man is not meant to lead in that sense, but in their household, they can be the king and the woman can be the queen. So it can still be that dynamic, just in a different sense. So my goal is to teach the dynamics of the kingdom and queendom and for people to incorporate it into their life in the way that it needs to be. You see what I'm saying? Because I do. And thank you. Right. Thank you for, for teaching that. And, First of all, embodying it, because I think if we're going to teach it, we have to fully embody it, which yes. you do, totally do. And and we need such, so much healing on this. Like, what what is the the clean way to own our power right. and own our divine masculine and feminine, which is, I think, really what you're talking about. And there are very few people that actually do it, like, that actually have it, you know, and <clears throat> so it's so beautiful. Like, I, I love what you're what you're doing, the work that you're doing in the world to help show people, to model it for them, to, to, to heal them, to direct them towards owning that, that like we, we need to all be empowered right now, yes. you know, as quickly as we can so that we can kind of like, you know, save humanity and save the world. And it, it's all looking a bit grim at the moment. So, you know, and I think our fastest way out of that is to do the work that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually believe, and I've known this for years, you know, Part of my problem is I'm a visionary and a lot of times I'm too early with things that I do. Mm -hmm. 
So I feel like on some level in the past 10 years, some of my teachings were actually too early. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I thought people were ready for certain things that they weren't ready for. Yeah. And I think that what we're going through right now with COVID and the lockdowns and everything, I think eventually it's going to get to a tipping point to where things are going to be revealed that shatter people's reality. And then this is going to be the time where people will be ready to seriously do the healing because I think once we reach that tipping point, there's no way to go but to healing from there because everybody's going to be so confused and psychologically yeah. damaged. But I'm still glad that I taught for those 10 years because people can see that I've been saying things that I have been, that are relevant now. Mm-hmm. You know, they say well, he's been yep. saying this for 10 years. So yeah, that's right. It's good that I was saying it and I was heard. So now they know that they, I can be one of the ones cause I'm not the only one, one of the ones that they can trust to guide them how to get through this when that tipping point occurs where everybody loses it. Right. That's so, that's great. And I wish we had more and more time to talk. I know that you, a lot of your teaching right now around wealth is about cyber currency, which we should come back and do another conversation just about that because it's such a a fascinating topic. And I would love to talk to you more about that actually myself. So, okay. It's so funny that we've been talking about this king because the whole time we're talking, I'm sitting in my home office and I'm looking out the window. And right when you started talking, a big buck walked into the, my backyard. I live kind uh-huh. of in the country, you know, and wow. this like bug has like a big rack of horns and everything. And it's walking around my yard. You're told, and it's such an image of the king. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I'm like, look, I've never seen a buck in my yard walking it's this whole time this whole time we've been talking it's there so there you go there's a little sign exactly you know and and that king energy it's a single buck and there it is with its and i had to tell you that because it's so funny um it's pretty sure it's eating my flowers my flower bed but okay (laughs) that's all right so so i know like i'd love to have you back and we can talk about cyber currency because i think that's still where you're helping people like with the money right yeah, and I want to say that um, once again in the spiritual realm, I see a lot of people demonize demonize cryptocurrency as well. People mm-hmm. saying that's the elite; they're trying to get us off cash. <clears throat> Calm down, it's technology that's actually. And see, a lot of people think that the cryptocurrency is beneficial to the ones that are controlling everything. Actually, it's taking power away from them, and people just are not educated enough to understand right. how or why. Yeah. Um, so we got it. We have to get out of this fear veil that we're looking through about what's happening right now. We have to get clear and understand that there are certain things that are happening for our benefit right now. Every, you have to be able to be clear enough to understand what's for you and what's not for you. And you can't be clear enough to dictate or to uh, see which is what, what is what rather, if you're looking through fear, because you're going to just be afraid of everything. And then you're going to miss out on opportunities that could have benefited you and your family. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like, it's definitely something that we we need to more. I want to know more about, and probably we all want to know more about. But yeah, you, I, we we should definitely talk because I have like twenty one clients, and they're all making money. That's great. I yeah, I want to. I want to talk. Let's talk later. Yeah. Um. So thank you so much, Jason, for being on the on the show, and I've I've been following you on social media for a long time, and really dig what you say, and um, I was super happy, you know, to to um, give you an opportunity to share your message. You know, what you're saying is super important and very timely and it's really good. It is really righteous. 
So thank you so much for your for your work, you. for your message, and for being you. Thank you. Yeah, we've been friends for a while, so it's good to finally talk. Um, yeah. I want to say one last thing before I go, though. I want to tell everybody who's watching, especially people who are, you know, whether you're an artist, a spiritual teacher, or what have you, and you're dedicating your entire life to what you do, what your gift is for your livelihood. I want to say that balance that out and really learn about how to invest in assets, even if it's not cryptocurrency, something, because here's the thing. What we want to get to, if we want to become sovereign people, we need to cut out all the middlemen, which means mm. even the investors. See, I used to always try to get investors, but here's the problem. I'm a visionary. The investors never understand my vision. So what I'm going to do is get my own money and invest in my own projects. Right. So right. let's get the mind state that instead of looking for investors, let's become the investor. That's great. Instead I love of it. thinking that we need a celebrity, because I used to be on this too. I need somebody that's in the celebrity realm to put us to stick to um, certify me and put me on a platform so I can get my message out on a larger scale. No, I don't think like that anymore. It's like I'm just going to develop my wealth so I can buy the spots to put my content out. So I, you see, so. It's a yeah. whole different way of thinking. And like you said earlier, for us to even be able to do that, we have to get over our issues with poverty consciousness. And we have to know that it's okay to have wealth and money is not the root of all evil. Yeah, I know. I, I know. And as, as a spiritual teacher too, like I train, you know, people to be healers. It's really, it's such a, it is a thing, but... Um, I want to just before we go share your Instagram page. This is the best way I think to contact yeah. you. So if you want to find out find yes. out more about Jason, here's his Insta. Um, right. You check him out. Um, there he is, and he's he's social media presence is really great. He's talking about a lot of good stuff on Insta and Facebook. So check him out there, and um, and learn learn from what he's got to say because it's 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 really good stuff. So thank you so much, Jason. Thank you, Lisa. And thanks all of you guys for tuning in today. Um, it's been super fun having you here where we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Empower Radio. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.